just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode, a special Saturday edition of the Marcus Show Bro, I am your host as I am every single time, Marcus himself. And as always, I am brought to you with my partner in crime, my number two, the Brian Hoyer and the Derek Anderson and the Jake DeLome and the Josh McCown and the Robert Griffin III and the Jason Campbell and the Seneca Wallace and the Colt McCoy and the Brady Quinn and the Brandon Whedon and the Deshaun Kaiser and the Cody Kessler and the Thad Lewis and the Austin Davis and the Ken Dorsey and the Kevin Hoagland and the Connor Shaw and the Bruce Gradkowski and the Charlie Fry, and the Johnny Manziel, to my Joe Thomas. Ryan, Ryan, buddy, how's it going? Great, Mark. And I love that right there. Shout out <laughs> Joe Thomas, first hey. ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. I, I love that you named just about all the quarterbacks that he blocked for. That, that was every quarterback he blocked for in his 11-year career, mm-hmm. right there. Um, but a well-deserving uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, what, like eight? all-time or all-pro teams or whatever, which the older you get, the more you realize the Pro Bowl teams don't matter. It's if you're an all-pro or not. Um, and I think out of the 11 years, he was eight eight or nine all-pros uh, as a left yeah. tackle. Um, I I agree uh, as much as I dislike. I, is he going to be the first Browns offensive lineman in the Hall of Fame? Oh, no. No? no. The Browns, he's their 17th member. Yeah, they, they already have some linemen in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I just didn't know if he was the first. He might be the he's first ballot. He's the first, first ballot. of the new Browns yeah. to make it into the Hall of Fame since 99. Okay. So. okay. Um, so, uh, like I mentioned, special edition, Super Bowl edition. We're going to talk Super Bowl. We're also going to talk some NBA stuff um, more near the end. But putting this out before the Super Bowl actually happens uh, on Saturday. Um Quick programming note real quick. Again, it seems like uh, we've been changing a lot, and I don't like changing a lot. I would like to keep things consistent, and I and we talked about it, and I think this is what's going to help us be most consistent is I just can't record on Wednesdays anymore. It's just really tough for me, and with track coming up like throughout the week, it's just really di- like very, very difficult to be able to record on a Wednesday or Thursday, get an episode out by Friday. Um, really doing it Tuesday or Monday doesn't help either. So I think what me and Ryan decided what we're going to do is start recording on Sundays from now on, releasing on Mondays, and doing more of a uh, either week recap or, um, you know, obviously Sundays are when a lot of NBA is going to be played. We may talk a lot of college basketball, um, especially as March Madness season picks up, um, talking like some free agency stuff, whatever the case may be. Um instead of more previewing for what's coming up on the weekends, more reviewing what has happened over the week uh, and kind of 
letting the discussion be led by that. Um, it just comes down to the simple fact that Sunday is the only day I can guarantee that I'm open to be able to record, edit, put out, and do all those things. Um, and I can work around Ryan's schedule much easier on that day. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it has nothing to do with anything, you know, besides the fact it just makes it easier for us. And I don't want to record on a Sunday and release on a Friday because too many things happen in between that time period. So, um, we'll just start changing to Mondays. We'll get them out on Mondays instead. Uh, and, and realistically I say that it's going to be more of a review episode and it could, the show's just going to do whatever it does kind of thing. So, um, I'm not too worried about, you know, how it works or it's probably going to be the exact same and I'm just overthinking it, but whatever. Um, (laughs) all right, Ryan, we do have a very, very massive game tomorrow. Um, oh, is that tomorrow? <laughs> it is tomorrow. So Super Bowl Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are one and a half point favorites. Over under is 50 and a half. A very, very tight game as far as Vegas is concerned. Ryan, I want your thoughts on it. What are you thinking about this game so far? I just, to me, it comes down to how, how healthy is Mahomes. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got an additional week off, but. A high ankle sprain doesn't take that much time. takes a decent amount of time to heal. Mm-hmm. Like, he was still hobbling a little bit in the uh, game against the Bengals. And the Eagles' defense, their defensive line especially, is really good. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs receivers are also banged up, too. Like, I'm pretty sure Ju- Juju's going to play, I'm pretty sure, because I know he left the uh, championship game with a shoulder injury. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, Clyde edwards Elair is actually probable, so he did not oh, play. Oh, okay, so he, he hasn't played since, like, November. No, he has not played in a while, and Miko um, Hardman is out for sure. Okay, so, it's Kadarius Tony who's the one who said he is playing. Yeah, yep. Yep. But, you know, I, I think because – I thought for the past, I guess, weeks or so that the Eagles were probably going to win this game. But now you keep reading all the quotes from the 49ers players. Now you can't tell, is it sour grapes or is it they're being, yeah. they got, you know, are they being truthful about that they don't think the Eagles were that good. And what hurt them is the fact that Purdy, the NFL's rule that you only have two active quarterbacks. So once Josh Johnson got a concussion, he had to put an injured Brock Purdy back in the game. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. Um, they they could have just what if they just put uh what's his name back at quarterback um tight end say his name Kittle Kittle what if they just had Kittle play quarterback that would be awesome <laughs> that would be awesome but uh, yeah I, I thought I, Kyle Huchek was their emergency t- or quarterback though it, he might be he might be I was just he was the first one that came to my mind was Kittle um yeah I don't know it, it's it it's funny because. Uh, these are the two number one seeds, right? Yeah. They are the two, like, this, it's very chalk if you chose going into the playoffs, Kansas City and Philadelphia. Um, if you would have told me Philadelphia at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, there's no way. There's absolutely no chance. Um, And I, I probably would have well, argued. You're right about that. I would have argued I, I with you about the Chiefs, too, just because of losing Tyree Kill and what he does as far as stretching the field um, for the offense. And we saw what he was injured last year, what what the offense looked like with Mahomes and how he had to adjust and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it uh, so the Philadelphia's offensive line is really, really, really good, really good. Yes. Um, and I think even for myself, I've I haven't given Kansas City's defensive line enough credit. Um, 
throughout this season because they have improved. It's their defensive backfield that is very weak and and does oh, not absolutely. always hold up very well. Um, you saw that when in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals when I think the Bengals had what like uh, what was it like fourth and thirteen? And they just threw one up to Chase, and he was double covered, and Chase still caught it. Now, give credit to Jamar Chase. He's just really, really good. Um, but at the same time, too, you know, in the same breath, yeah. you should be able to break up that pass and, right. and not allow Their that. Their defense, so. Kansas City's defense, in my opinion, has cost them multiple Super Bowls in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it was in 2018 when they just couldn't stop Brady. I mean, heck, they were uh, – uh, offside penalty. Yeah, the offside. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, th- their defense has always been their weakness. Like, yeah, their their defense isn't terrible. I I almost want to say they're good enough for how good their offense is, but mm-hmm. you just can't rely on them to shut like another team's offense down. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia's defensive line is nasty too. Yes, I so love good. Philly's Philly's overall defense good, but their defensive front is. Really, really good. They got old buddy from uh from Georgia in the draft last year. Yes, uh, um, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, who's just a he's just a bowling ball. Like he's just a boulder. I know him as human being. Yes, just massive. So, um, having him helps uh up front. But but Kansas City really, it's all about getting the pass rush against Kansas City. They're not looking to run the ball a ton. Um, it looks almost foreign to their offense when they try to run the ball. Yes. Um. And so, which is what I thought they were going to try to do against the Bengals, but nope. <laughs> no, they kind of just stuck to what they do. Um, yeah. And then that Eagles offense, like uh, I brought up Kansas City's defensive backfield, like the Eagles want to run the ball and they want to let Jalen use his legs and things like that. Um, but they have a lot of very viable options uh, out wide um, in both Devontae Smith and AJ uh, uh, Brown. AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown. Um, and so they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. I mean, Devontae Smith, he's just he's the slim reaper. He tears defenses yes. up. Like yes, he is such so good. a good route runner and so quick and can get into space and all those kind of things. So um I'm trying to build this up without actually giving my pick right off the bat because I feel like that just blows my load into this episode and this show. Um but it's hard for me to not discuss the game without saying, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm going to take Philly minus one and a half. Uh, I think Philadelphia wins. I do think it's, I, do cl- I think it's close um, because I don't think that, I think there's a lot of different things. And I look at coaching kind of first where you look at Andy Reid, who's been there a couple of times, mm-hmm. won and lost, um, kind of knows the situation. Uh, and then, a Philadelphia team who came a couple years ago. So you have guys like Lane Johnson who have been a part of that team, but there's yeah. real, like Nick Sirianni. This is the first time he's, he's has to be in one of these games and coach in one of these massive games. So uh, it depends on how he can hold up from top down, because I think that's how the players kind of respond within the situation. Um, but I just think Philadelphia is better top to bottom. I just think they're a better I would team. agree. I think the Eagles have the, enough experience and youth for like the, the situation to where they have enough guys who have been there, like kind of to match like the new faces sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I agree. The Eagles were fatted out in the regular season were by far the most like the best team consistently. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like they were undefeated for the longest. They 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 were the most dominant team. Mm-hmm. And they they won games convincingly. They also won yes. games like close. Like some of those games that they probably should have won handily. They they were able to squeak out wins close and that kind of shows you like even when they're playing down, they can still get a win and they don't give it up kind of thing. Um and so I've seen them win both ways. Kansas City just it, to me they're a flawed team. Like they they have the they're going to have the best player on the field in Patrick Mahomes. Yes. You know, no matter what what team you're looking at, he is the best player on the field. Philadelphia just has more really really good players than Philadelphia does or than Kansas City does, and I just don't think Kansas City is going to be able to last with what Philadelphia is going to give them. Um, I agree on that. I just think it comes down to like how help uh, Kansas City to me is more banged up. They have more key yeah. guys who are banged up or playing through injury than the Eagles do. Yep. Yeah, I I agree with that hundred percent. I I think that um the the Eagles are definitely more of a healthy team, especially with Jalen's arm looks fine, especially yeah. not having to throw a ton in both of those games, um in the playoffs uh between just running the ball down the Giants' throat and then they could kind of just click on like you said click on c- cruise control when it came to the Niners after Purdy. Uh, hurt his elbow. Um, yeah, and Kansas City w- went through more of a war with with uh, both of their games with both Jackson. Jacksonville gave them all they could handle, yeah. and it was an absolute dogfight between the Bengals. I mean, that was you know you can say which way. I know I know we didn't you know review that game or, or, or talk about that game after it had happened because uh, we took the week off. But dude, the it comes down to one or two plays and one or two calls. And Kansas City's not in this situation right now. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the Bengals gave them every bit of what they could handle in yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, It's been long enough to where we haven't talked about the officiating or anything like that. But Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't There's great. really only one call that I thought was controversial. And it, and it was just the fact that it was that third down play that they had to redo. After yeah. they sacked Mahomes and then on the redo um, – Eli Apple has a defensive holding. Yeah. No, I don't was... understand why they redid the play. And I guess the they, the official blew the whistle before the play, but no one could hear because of the how loud the uh, the crowd was. But yeah. the Chiefs had the ball, so you didn't think it'd be as loud. But yeah, that was bad. I there's that was really bad. I shouldn't just say that was bad. That was really, really bad. That was yeah. really, really, really bad. Um and if the play is just going, you just gotta let it go. Like yes. so because the result was the result. As the old saying goes, let them let them play. Yeah, let them play. Um, now, the uh, the Bengals in that game looked like the Bengals of last year a, a good little bit with letting not letting but allowing Burrow to get hit and banged up and sacked. Yes, a lot more than we had seen, and that's nothing to their fault. I mean, they no. it's not like they just didn't go out and get help for Burrow this year. They did. Those guys were injured. Those guys were just injured. Yeah, they had they had no chance. It, it, um, it, it happens. It's part of the game. Injuries happen. Yeah. Um, and like Kansas City was actually able to get pressure on them, but well, that was the one thing Buffalo couldn't do. Was and can, pressure can, Burrow. Kansas City got to the point where they had no no wide receivers. They yeah. had like Kelsey who would ha- who was having back spasms. Yeah, and, that's the other thing. Like Valdez hear... Scantling, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, he went out for a second with injuries. It, I think at one point it was uh, Skyler Moore or Sky Moore, who's yeah. the rookie, who has kind of just been like a—he's a punt kick return. 
Yeah, he he's a gadget player. He still has time to develop. And Bobby Kemp. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, who's Bobby Kemp? It's exactly like he's he's a nobody. It, it just shows you like they were so thin at receiver, they were just throwing a a guy who probably hasn't caught a pass all year out there. Yeah. Yeah. And whoever the, their other tight ends are. Like Yeah. So it, and you can blame the the officiating all you want if you're the Bengals, but you still had had the ball twice with less than like five minutes to go in the game. You still couldn't get it done. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. And so uh, I'm not even going to bring up the, the late hit. That was a late hit. That was I mean, a late he was hit. Out of it he wasn't had... egregious or nothing like that. But he was giving um, himself up to go out of bounds. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of the play of like, you got it. You got to pull off. And, and if he does, I mean, I, I don't think the chiefs get into field goal range. Um, yeah. So, uh, but on the other side with that Eagles game, because again, we didn't get to, to, to review that one. And we kind of already, there's not a lot to discuss about the Niners Eagles. I mean, when Purdy got the injury early and you could see him on the sideline say, I literally can't throw. Now we know that he's got to get Tommy John. Um, which really sucks for him because the, you know, the, the, it was reported that the, uh, Niners were going to roll with him yeah. next year. Now that changes everything. Now the, Trey Lance has another opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they already said they're going to move on from Jimmy G. Uh, they said he, he. There's no world where he's back next year. No. Um, and so once Purdy goes out and they brought in Josh Johnson, it was you could kind of feel that Philly was on autopilot at that point. Yeah. It was like I mean, let's Josh just, Johnson's played for like 20 different teams. Yeah. Yes, it was like let's just get, let's just get up and uh, kind of go from there. We don't really need yeah. to, we don't really need to expand ourselves too much or or mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, uh, Ryan, the only other thing I wanted to talk about when it came to the Super Bowl is, like I said, I have Philly minus one and a half. I'm gonna take the under fifty and a half. I think it's a, a kind of a low scoring game. I think Philly's defense is gonna be able to. Uh, kind of give Kansas City some issues, and Philadelphia is going to want to try to run the ball as much as they can. I think that Kansas City is going to do a good job trying to sell out to not allow that to happen. So Philadelphia later on in the game is going to have to lean more towards throwing the ball, which I think they can. I I don't think we give Jalen Hurts enough credit for how, yeah, how much he's improved as a passer. Yeah, how much he really how much has. he's improved and how just like he's just good. Like he is just a good quarterback, um, and he's in a really good system at this point. Um, but it always comes down to props, right? Uh, the Super Bowl in and of itself is the biggest prop bet game of the year by far, hands down. Um, mm-hmm. so I just was looking through the props literally right before we got on. Now, don't hold me to this, but I- I'm saying it out loud, so I'll probably end up taking some of them. The coin toss, tails all the time. Tails never fails, right? We always, always take tails. Always take tails. Um. I'm I'm I want to take uh under in Jalen Hurts rushing yards 50 and a half. I don't think he gets more than 50 rushing yards. Um so that's one I want up there. Uh passing yards under Patrick Mahomes 293 and a half. I don't think he gets close to 300. I think it's more like 250 passing yards um in the yeah, game overall. I, I would agree with that too. Um passing touchdowns I like Jalen Hurts over one and a half passing touchdowns. Um, I think he'll get two at some point. Um, and I kind of just have to look through the rest of them. Rushing attempts, uh, 
I think Sanders gets over 13 and a half. They're going to try to really run the ball. Um, they have everything. I mean, they have kicking points. Kicking points. How many points are going to be scored by the different kickers? I might take Jake Elliott over seven and a half overall kicking points. That's two field goals and two extra points. So if they go 15, yeah, yeah, they could hit it that way. Um, and so I got to look through more of these. I haven't mentioned this on the airwaves yet, and and uh, I will, and then we can move on to some of the NBA stuff unless you have more when it comes to uh, the Super Bowl. I may actually have one more thing after this. Um, okay. We, Me, Matthew, and David do the hours challenge, uh, and this is our second year doing it, where we pick college games by the spread or by the over-unders, um, and whoever has the best – Overall record by the end by percentage is the winner. Um, it's more of like a pride thing. We don't really put money up on it or anything like that. It's just kind That's of like true. seeing who can make who can get it right. Me and David finished the regular and bowl season completely even, the same exact uh, percentage. Okay, so we were gonna get it down to the um, the national championship. And we forgot to bet the national championship because my daughter was born. So it was just kind of fell through the cracks and, you know, things just happened. Right. So we decided it's going to come down to the Super Bowl. And we had first decided, okay, we'll just pick the spread straight up 1v1. We both wanted the Eagles. All right. So then we decided, all right, we'll go over under. We both wanted the under. Okay. So now we have to pick seven prop bets or five prop bets, five prop bets. To see who ends up winning this thing. So I've got to find some good props, man. And it's kind of stressing me out a little bit. Okay. So if you go out there and you see any good props, any any player to score touchdowns, you, know. you let me know. The last I thing was, I, I just saw this this morning, and I want to get your quick thoughts on it. And then we could talk about some some team movement at the a very exciting NBA deadline. Oh, my um, gosh. Every team made a move except for the Cavs and the Bulls. Shout out the Cavs, right? It's not like the Cavs didn't need to make one because they did. They just they they traded away all their assets to get Donovan Mitchell. So darn. I mean, the, the buyout market is is still there. <laughs> so I think they could pick someone up. Um, but I saw this and I just want to get your thoughts real quick on it because I've been dominating this show, not meaning to, but I have been a little bit. No, it's all good. Um, I saw a thing today. That both the Commanders and the Ravens are looking at Eric Bieniemy to come in as their offensive coordinator. Um, Adam Ooh. Scheffner said that there are some pe- there are some people around the league that believe that this Sunday is going to be the last game for Bieniemy. I've at, heard that with, too with the Chiefs uh-huh. because they believe that he needs to get a new start and go somewhere else. Number one, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I and it might just be my brain of like if you have a good thing going and you have literally the best quarterback in the NFL, why would you not stay there? And it looks like right if and and I we don't obviously don't know Andy Reid coach for another ten years for all we know yeah um if it looks like Andy Reid's going to step down within the next two or three years, Bieniemy is the is the next logical choice to be the head coach. Uh, and my other thought was yeah those league executives that are saying it's time for him to move <clears throat> time for him to move on. Are probably within the Ravens and Commanders organizations because they want him to. Oh, come I agree. In. So <laughs> you go They're ahead and give me your thoughts on. Though. Yeah, you give me your thoughts on Bienemy. 
you know, it's it's tough because why can't he get a head coaching job? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That that's been I I guess controversy is the right word for that because he's the offensive coordinator for the best offense in football for the past five years, but yet somehow he can't get a head coaching job. And why is that? I think he's been super selective on the teams that he applies or like, you know, like when all the vacancies open, I don't think that he goes out and puts his name into every hat. I think that he's very selective on where he wanted to go or where he wants to go. Now, does that make it right or wrong that he didn't get those jobs? No, Uh, no. It doesn't. I just I think that's kind of the thought process behind it is he's he's very picky and choosy with where he's going. But yes, I agree. It's it's kind of outrageous that he hasn't yet. Because I'm pretty sure the Colts job that was reported that was really the only one that he was up for. If he didn't get that, which nope, the Colts haven't named a head coach because uh, Chris Ballard, the GM, is doing everything in his power to convince Jim Irsay not to hire Jeff Saturday, which I think is what he really wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean. But you have guys like LaShawn McCoy, who does not speak highly of Eric Bieniemy at all, and mm-hmm. says that he's stupid, and you know it's Andy Reid calling the shot, the shots, which we don't really know. No, but no idea. you hear a lot of good things about, you, you know, and, and maybe he wants to go somewhere else to prove that he's not just being carried by Patrick Mahomes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Could like be. especially if you, if you could go to Washington and turn Sam Howell, who it sounds like who they're going to roll with this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, into a decent or productive starter, I, I think that would help jumpstart his. He, he, like, if he were to do that, you, you're running out of excuses for why he can't get a job. Yeah, yeah. Even with him being so selective, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. If if he can go to somewhere like that, who the the Commanders did not have a great offense last year. No. Um, and they, and they kinda, have great weapons too. Yes, they played. They played musical chairs with the quarterbacks, and um, yeah. So I, I love Taylor Heineke's quote about being a backup. Did what he say? That? No, he said, "As much as I want to be a starter, there is nothing better than being a backup quarterback. It's probably the best job in the league. <laughs> it might Think be. About it. Yeah. How much money you make to just to stand on the sideline?" Like, yeah, wear a it's, hat and sing, and single and play, signal in place. It's great. It is great. I have to agree with him. Um, and you can get, you can make a lot of money doing that for a lot of years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ryan, let's let's go ahead and transition and talk about some some NBA. So let's do it. Where do you want to go first, the Nets or the Lakers? Because I think those are the two big big stories. Let's start with Brooklyn. So Brooklyn completely implodes their team Um, after we had this past offseason where it was like Kyrie says he doesn't want to come back and he wants to go somewhere else and he all this kind of stuff and then decides to sign the extension. Doesn't he sign an extension this offseason? Sign, signs an extension with Brooklyn. Um, No, no, he didn't. He said he was going to come back to Brooklyn, not request a trade in the offseason. That's what it was. He wanted Correct. an extension. He was going back and forth. It was started with the extension, then wanted a trade, then decided to come back. He has essentially carried Brooklyn in these games because of injuries to Kevin Durant and, you know, Ben Simmons not really being that great of a overall scorer no. and basketball player. Um, he's a really good passer, really good defender. Um, but it does everything except for shoot. Yes. And it's it's not that he just won't shoot. Yeah, he just refuses. And so it came out about a week and a half ago, Kyrie wanted a trade and he wanted out and he's got about half a year 
left on his contract um, and gets traded to the Dallas Mavericks for, I think, Dinwiddie and there was a couple other names. Dorian Finney-Smith. Jordan Finney Smith. Okay. And I think there were picks and stuff. And I right now what, what the Nets are doing is they're they're just trading away for picks kind of thing. Correct. Um then about a half a week to a week later, we get Kevin Durant traded. I, I think a move that nobody saw coming. No. I mean, we had a Shams bomb at one in the morning. I, I wake up and I see that KD got traded. I was like, no. Yes. Like to, I, I couldn't believe it. To Phoenix. So so yes. Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Um, the West is literally the wild, wild West. It, it, yes, it's it's insane. So, just give me your thoughts on the Nets, and give me your thoughts on on I think the Western conferences in general. And I guess you can you can rope the Lakers in as well because yes. you made a good you made a good comparison on what the Lakers are doing compared to uh, the 2018 Cavaliers. So go ahead. Yes. So the reason Kyrie requested a trade it was more for a contract purpose where he wanted I think Brooklyn was only offering three years and Kyrie wanted a fourth or something. Some or it might have been like another year guaranteed. So that's why he requested a trade. And I think at this point, Brooklyn is done with him. Kyrie's a weirdo. Like he is a great talent, but everywhere he goes, he just like Yeah. Par- pardon my take calls him your favorite basketball player. Favorite basketball player's favorite basketball player. Everybody in the league loves him. Yes, they do, because he's so good. Like mm. I have a love-hate relationship with Kyrie because I love him because not only was he really good, arguably one of my top three favorite players of all time, um, he hit the biggest shot in Cavs history. He helped – you hit that three that mm-hmm. gave them the lead for good in the final minute against the Warriors. Yeah. But what I hate about him is a year later he requested a trade, which pretty much ended the Cavs championship run with that of that current team. And it, yeah. it stings because him and LeBron complimented each other so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets to Boston – He's saying all the right things about how he wants to be a Celtic for life. First year goes well. He's a little banged up. But in the second year, the same thing. You start hearing there were reports. He was, like, speaking very highly of the Knicks and the Nets. Mm -hmm. And then I think he had issues with the team. And I I don't know if he got along with Brad Stevens. So then he goes to Brooklyn. And it's, it's, you know, his hometown team, the team he grew up cheering for. It's him and KD. And just – They bring in Harden at at, at – you know, they bring it hard. Yeah. Would you think that's going to be the next big super team? Or what they play 16 games together because I, uh, yeah. Kyrie, because of injuries and Kyrie and the, the, the COVID stuff and the, yeah, the COVID and Kyrie refusing to get vaccinated. So he can't play in home games, which I don't want to get into that, but yeah. it's just like, that was just an, an un, one of those unnecessary things that he brought upon himself. Yeah. Um, And then just with the whole, his social media antics, which, got him in trouble earlier this year. And I just think Brooklyn is at the point where it's like, is, 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 it, is it worth to put up with? Like, yeah, he's hella talented, but we have to put up with the rest of his crap. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? We'll let someone else deal with you, basically, which is they sent him to Dallas where him and Luca. I think that's going to be – that's a good fit in Dallas. Luca finally gets an, uh, a true number two mm-hmm. or even just another guy who's – I don't know if I should call Kyrie a number two to Luca. He probably mm-hmm. – I mean, that's Luca's team, but – He's just as talented as Luke, if not better. Definitely yeah. a better shooter. But, um, yeah. The Brooklyn, I think there's some – that three-year run that they had with Kyrie and KD summed up by that game-tying three-pointer Kevin Durant hit against um, Milwaukee in Game 7 in 20, uh, 2021 where you thought they hit the go-ahead three to 
give them the lead in game seven in the final uh, seconds. But mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, since he wears like a size 16, 17 shoe, yeah, his toe was on the line. On the line. Yeah. Like, if he had a smaller foot, it would have been a three-pointer and they win the series. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you're a Brooklyn like fan, you know, you, yeah. it's like that close. And it, it was a, obviously a very disappointing situation. I mean, Kevin Durant, this is the thing with him. So obviously he goes to Golden State. To win, he, he wins the two titles in three years, and he thought that he was going to get the same amount of respect as LeBron or be viewed like the way people view LeBron if he won the title when he won the title. That didn't happen because people just roasted him for taking the easy way out to win a mm-hmm. championship. So he's like, All right, I want to prove I can win on my own. So he goes to Brooklyn, teams up his buddy Kyrie. And you know, he's he doesn't play the first year because he's recovering from that ruptured Achilles, which he mm-hmm just blew out in the finals when he got bullied in the playing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, they try to bring it hard and nothing worked. And, you know, in, I'm not saying that Katie, Katie, Katie had some issues too. He requested a trade this off season as well. Cause yeah. remember he told, he told the Nets it's either me or Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. And they eventually, they fired Steve Nash. Yeah. And then, you know, that, and then they were going to replace him with uh, that, Old Celt, the Celtics coach who suspended, and then that didn't uh, Ime Adoka. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, Ime. For some reason Idris Elba's name was popping pop yeah. in my head. I'm like, no, that's not it. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brooklyn. They're in a weird scenario. Like they got some good young players. I think they could potentially make a little run here because mm-hmm. they're still the they're still in they're still in it. Like I I don't think they're bad enough to where they're gonna drop completely completely out of the playoffs now they could drop down to the pl- to the playing uh, games but mm-hmm. we'll see like i just yeah. think with Kyrie especially they were done with him and yeah. i think that they knew by trading Kyrie, they knew that kevin durant wasn't going to want to be there yep yeah so that, that's why they sent him to phoenix and 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 now they're stuck with ben simmons yes yes <laughs> it's that quote it's going to be scary with me like the three of them like him yeah. Kyrie, and kd and mm-hmm. Like Ben Simmons just Yeah. And 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 real quick before we get off here, um the the other thing was the Lakers getting rid of Westbrook, getting uh bringing yes. back D'Angelo Russell, um, getting rid of yes. Pat Bev. They swap Russ for Russ. Yeah, bring in Mo Bamba. Um so and Lee Beasley and Jerry Vanderbilt. They made some good moves, honestly. Yeah. I, I think that right now they're trying to make a push to get into any kind of playoff contention and then yeah. hopefully if, the the idea is once they get in, make some make some damage. Yeah, because the West is really 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 tight. Like, like I might call it the wild. Like the Lakers are as of right now they're twenty five and thirty. Um, they're the thirteenth seed, but they're only two games out of the eight, like the the, the ten seed to get into the playing game. Yeah, and they're they're four games out of like the four spot. So if they can just rack up a couple wins in a row, you're right back in it. Like, yes. I think that's why they're they're going all in. Like. Because you, you know you got LeBron at the end of his career and he's playing so at a high level, like yeah, yeah. so you kind of have to. And and like you said, it's it parallels very closely to what the Cavs did in 2018. Yeah, similar thing to where they dismantled half the team to win a championship, and obviously they lost in the finals. Mm-hmm. But now this is a different scenario. The West is much better than the East was back in 2018. So yeah. yeah. Um, it's gonna be real fun to watch. I the trade deadline is awesome. Yeah, it, all the moves that well, everyone and, and, makes. And this one was huge moves. It was like massive, massive. Yeah. Like usually you wait for the massive dominoes to fall, and they kind of do, but not really. 
This was like yeah. a every domino fell. Like it was like big pieces fell into place kind of thing. So um anything else from that, Ryan? Nah. I think we got it all. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of a shorter episode uh today. We kind of just we wanted to make sure we fit one in and got one out before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um and so I always feel yeah, the rest of our episodes will be no, yes, normal length. We'll, we'll we'll be able to get them in. And like I said, uh, new programming note: Mondays, Mondays, Mondays. No longer Fridays. Um, we'll be able to spend time, talk about everything, break down everything in sports. Maybe look a little bit forward. Uh, but for sure, did not want the Super Bowl to pass, and with the end of the trade deadline to pass, without giving some thoughts on all of it. So, yes. um, thank you all for listening. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe. Please, please do all those things. Have fun watching the Super Bowl. Win all your bets. This year we win every bet on the Super Bowl. Um, I'm putting it out there in, in, into the uh, the ethos, into the universe. So we're going to win every bet. Um, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>